In the series of messages that we are in right now called Hearing God, um, we're talking about four actually Jesus gives us. i got to tell you, I love this sermon series because Jesus keeps giving us lists, and pastors love lists. I mean, it's like Jesus did a whole sermon outline for us and made it real easy, and he gives us four essential factors. Listen to this now. This is important. Four essential factors that will determine whether or not you're able to hear God's voice with clarity. I mean, Jesus lays out four very clear factors, very clear principles, very clear truths that in order for you to hear God's voice with clarity, you have to apply these four teachings to your life. Here's what we know. We know that God wants a personal relationship with every person in this building. God wants a personal relationship one-on-one relationship with everybody in this building, everybody outside this building, everybody all around the world in time past and in time future. God wants a personal relationship with every person. He said in his word that he did not desire that how many would perish, that any would perish. None would perish. He wants a relationship with everybody. We also know just from common sense that it is impossible to have any kind of relationship. The first lady sitting right up here, and I got to tell you, looking good today. <laughs> looking good. Baby, I'm going to cut the sermon short so we can get to the house as soon as we can. You got, you got what? You're going to a family reunion? I can wait. I can wait. All right, let me get back on the sermon. All right. Um, um, in order for me to have a good relationship with the first lady here at the bridge, we have to communicate. She gets on me about that sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, men, when we're under pressure or whatever, we kind of clam up, get quiet. And uh, sometimes I don't communicate with her like I should in our marriage. And when I don't, our relationship suffers. God wants to have a personal relationship with everybody in here. You can't have a deep personal relationship with God unless you're communicating with him and allowing him to communicate back into your life. So God has chosen to speak to us. God has chosen to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. Listen to me. God has something to say to you. Now, he may speak to you totally different than the way he speaks to me, and I'm not talking about an audible voice here. But God will speak to you in various ways, and God wants to say something to every person in this room. He knows your personality. He knows you. He knows how you best communicate. He knows how you best receive things. So God will communicate to you in various ways. Sometimes God can communicate best in a song. Sometimes God can communicate and speak to you directly about your situation out of a drama at the church. Sometimes, and always, always rather, he will speak to you out of his written word, the Logos, a rhema word, which is a word directly to you out of the written word. Do y'all believe what I'm saying today? God wants to talk to you. God wants to say some things to you. And a lot of you don't, are not hearing from him because you think, who am I? You're like David over there in Psalms when he said, who am I? that God would be mindful of me, that God would even think about me, much less talk to me. But God thinks about you 24-7. There is nowhere God is not. He is always with you. Now, we were taught he's with us, but most of us were taught that he's with us so he can catch us doing something wrong. Now, he won't do that unless you're doing something wrong. <laughs> but when he catches you doing something wrong, it isn't so he can come down on you with condemnation and punishment. But it is so he can bring you back into his fellowship so he can bless you like he wants to. Y'all with me? So God wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to us. God wants to say something to you. And there are people sitting in here and you're listening to me preach right now and you don't believe that yet. You don't believe that yet. But hear the word of the Lord. He loves you. He gave his only son to die for you. He wants to talk to you. Jesus said in Luke 8, 8, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he wasn't talking about these ears so much as he was talking about the ears in here. 
The ears in here. Hear what the Spirit says. In Luke 8, Jesus tells uh, the, the people who are listening to him at this particular time and in this particular setting about a farmer who goes out to sow seed. And the seed lands on different times of different kinds, different types of soil, broadcasting the seed, sowing it, sowing the seed. The farmer would toss it, scatter it. Some of the seeds would fall on good soil. Some of the seeds would fall on bad soil. Listen to this. Jesus tells us about four kinds of soil here. There are four kinds of soil that he says represent four kinds of spiritual attitudes in our heart and mind, ways of thinking, mindsets, Mental attitudes, God says we got to get that right. That is the soil. He's sowing seed all the time. God's sowing seed all the time. But if, you're not, if you don't have good soil, if your heart and mind is not good soil, then we're going to see clearly that the seed doesn't do what God wants it to do in your life. So sometimes we're very open to God, and we're very open to hearing Him, and we're very open to His Word. But sometimes we're really closed. So what do we have to do for God to speak to us? Let's go back and review very quickly. Number one, we got to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare our mind. We have to prepare our heart to receive the Word of God. And in Luke 8, 5 and in Luke 8, 12, he talks about people who are hard. He talks about soil that is hard so that when the seeds fall on that soil, it doesn't get down into the soil because the soil is hard. And so the birds come along. Remember the birds? The birds come along and get the seeds and take them away. And the seeds do not get into our heart. And he goes, he goes from Luke 8, 5 to Luke 8, 12. And Luke 8, 12, he explains the meaning of Luke 8, 5. Jesus is awesome just teaching us the word here so clearly. Jesus says that when that seed falls on the hard ground, it's not going to sink in. It has to fall on, listen, listen. It has to fall on prepared ground. I mean, even something as small as your drive to church on Sunday morning, whispering, God, prepare my heart. Prepare my heart to receive the words of the music. Prepare my heart to receive, if our creative arts ministry does something in the creative arts area, to receive the message of that. Father, prepare my heart to receive the preacher, to receive the teacher, to receive the word of God, whoever it comes from on this particular Sunday. Prepare my heart, Lord. Break up the fallow ground. And the Bible talks about fallow ground, crusty ground, hard ground that needs to be broken up, that needs to be crushed so that the rain can soak in and so that the seed can get down in there and germinate and begin to sprout and fruit comes forth. So he talks about that, Jesus does in that scripture. Then last week we talked about not only do we have to prepare our mind, but we've got to stop giving God our leftovers. Now, here's what we're talking about there. And here's the challenge, and this is very practical. You, if you want to hear from God, and believe me, you need to hear from God. Because when you hear from God, he will give guidance to you. I don't know about y'all, but I need some guidance in my life. When you hear from God, he will keep you from making dumb mistakes. And I know some of y'all, you really need to hear from him because of that right there. Amen, me too. I mean, the dumbest things I've ever done was because I didn't ask God. Dumbest things I've ever done in my life, most hurtful things I've ever done in my life is when I got away from God and I wasn't hearing God's voice in my life. I did dumb things, hurtful things. I did things to my family. I did things to the staff. I did things to my friends. I did things to some of you sitting right here today. You hurt people. You hurt people when you, when you are not hearing God's voice because you're operating in your own humanity and in your own wisdom. Experience is a good thing, but it is not a substitute for hearing from God. 
Experience is a wonderful thing, but it is not a substitute. As a matter of fact, sometimes we as seasoned Christians who have been Christians for a long time, sometimes our experience becomes a stumbling block because we think because it worked one time before, it's automatically going to work again. So we don't pray about it. Big mistake. Big mistake. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you want to hear from God, we've got to stop giving him leftovers. And what that means is you need to allocate time. Listen to me. You need to put God in your schedule. You put everything else in your schedule. It's time to get the oil, change the car. It's time to, get the, to go to the dentist. It's time to go to the doctor. It's time for my checkup. It's time for vacation. It's time for this project to be due. It's time for this. Time for, i got to make a phone call. I mean, I was up bright and early this morning. I was putting stuff on my calendar for this coming week, phone calls I've got to make, people i got to get in touch with and talk to. I put all that on my calendar. Why, why can't we put God on our calendar? Why can't we put God in our schedule and quit giving the excuse of I don't have time to be with God? I don't have time to, sure you do. you got time to do whatever it is you really want to do. Now, some of us go to the gym. Some of y'all need to go. You need to go to the gym. And I, I pray for you to go. But, and when we go to the gym, I, I mean, it, it hurts. The times I've been to the gym is painful. But we know it is necessary for our health. And for many, many other reasons, we know that's necessary. Whether you walk, get out at night or in the morning and walk through your neighborhood and whatever, you do these things because they're necessary. There's th- there, there are vitamins we take. And, and when we take vitamins, we don't go, oh, this vitamin is delicious. I wish I could take 10 more. Matter of fact, most vitamins are terrible. Unless you use the kind I use, Fred Flintstone. But, but um, we do these things out of discipline because they know, why don't we understand that there's nothing more important than daily being with God? Daily being with God. Put him in your schedule. And he goes to Luke chapter uh, 8, verse 6, and then Luke chapter 8, verse 13. And there he talks about uh, how that the seed gets sown sometimes, but the roots don't get down deep because there's this uh, hardness right under the soft soil. There's this hard shell. And he talks about uh, uh, the, how that this is a picture of the mind that is... Um, that is uh, 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 preoccupied. He, he, talks, he talks there about uh, giving him leftovers, the superficial mind rather, not the preoccupied mind, but the superficial mind. You see, the first mind that he talks about is that, is that hardness, that mind that is hard and, and resistant. The second mind that he talks about is the superficial mind. We, we Listen, I'm telling you, I love emotion, I love shouting, I love victory, I love, I love celebration, I love when we come here on Sunday morning, but I'm going to tell you something right now, and you already know it without me telling you, it ain't going to be like this tomorrow morning at this time. You're going to be out there. Now, he's still with you, but you're not going to be, it's not going to be like this. And so when you get out there, when you go out there, you have got to have your roots down deep because the heat is on, the pressure's on. And he talked all about that. Here's what Jesus was basically teaching us last week. You can be thrilled by the Word of God without being transformed by the Word of God. It's good to be thrilled. I love being thrilled. But being excited, being zealous, having an emotional response is not enough, is it? Listen to me, it's shallow. And a lot of people equate emotion with depth. And emotion, there are people who are emotional who are also deep, but emotional don't automatically equal depth. Amen, amen? So, number one, we got to cultivate our mind to be ready to receive. Number two, we got to allocate time to listen and quit giving God our leftovers. Here's what we're going to talk about today very quickly. Number three, the third kind, we've got to eliminate, if you want to hear from God, 
you're going to have to eliminate distractions from your life. So here's what I'm saying. Don't just add God to your calendar, but get rid of something. Get rid of some stuff. Get rid of some distractions in your life. We often miss hearing God because our mind is too preoccupied with other thoughts. We can't think about God because we're thinking about other things. Other thoughts in our life crowd God out. Our minds are filled with the many concerns of daily living. There's a lot of pressure out there. There's a lot of due dates out there. There's a lot of expectations on you out there. And you can let that control your life or you through the power of the Holy Spirit can take back control of your own life. And really, it isn't you taking back control of your own life, but it's you taking the reins really out of your hands and the hands of other people who are putting demands on you and giving them to God. Giving the reins of your life to God. What are some of those things that crowd God out of our thoughts? Worries. Worry. What is worry? Fear. What is worry? Here's what worry is. Reaching into tomorrow and pulling into today what God meant for you to deal with tomorrow. That's what worry is. Your body, your frame, your physical makeup, Jesus says it, the Word of God says it, it's very clear. You were made to deal with the reality of today. God did not mean for you to begin to sit around and think about what could go wrong tomorrow. Not what will go wrong, but what could go wrong. And just go on and reach out there and get hold of it and bring that into today, into today like it's a reality and put that up on your shoulders too. I'm preaching now. Because I'm, I'm telling you, most people in here, probably all people in here, at one level or another, we worry. And worry, and look, I'm right in there with you. I'm right in there with you. I, I don't, I'm not standing up here saying I don't worry. I do worry. Sometimes sleep won't come because I worry too much. But you know what worry really is? I'll preach to me here for a little while, get, get you guys off the hook. Here's what worry is for me. When I don't trust God, when I don't trust his promises, when I'm not communicating with him, when I'm not reading his word, when I'm not letting him communicate with me, that's when my worry level goes up. That's when my anxiety level goes up. That's when my fear level goes up. The closer I am to him, the lower my worry level. The further I am for him, the higher my, worthy, my worry level. Isn't that true? Worry and then plans. We got plans. We got plans. I got plans. Plans. Writing our plans down. What are we doing next week? What are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing in the next 30 minutes? What are we doing next month? What are we going to do next year? Plans. Nothing wrong with plans, but you can have too many. We got goals, and we're all about goals. We talked about goals in our first sermon series of the, of the year, but, but all things in moderation. Anything can control your life. Anything can become a legalism for you. Goals are good, but don't let goals control you. Ambition, is ambition all right? Yes, yes, there's a holy ambition. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to hire anybody to ever be on staff here that's not an ambitious person. Because if you want to be on staff in this church, you've got to be ambitious and entrepreneurial. I believe entrepreneurial is a spiritual gift in the kingdom of God. And I believe the bridge is a church that has that gift, entrepreneurial. You know what? We're never satisfied with just being like it is. I know some of that just grates on the nerves of a few people around here. But i got to tell you something. We're never, we've never arrived until we get up there. We are always evaluating, always asking, how can we do it better? How can we do it better? I love that spirit. I love that. How can we do it with more excellence? How can we give God more glory? How can we make the gospel more clear? But ambition can seize your heart. It can seize your mind when it's out of balance. Anybody here ever think about bills and how to pay them? <laughs> always on our mind, broken relationships. Broken with your spouse, broken with your children, all kinds of things enter our mind. And when our mind is full and it's always thinking, then we never give God a chance in silence to talk to us. 
We need to get quiet. We need to get quiet so he can talk to us. He can't get through. God's called some of you up. He keeps getting a busy signal. Luke 8, 7, let's look at it. Luke 8, 7, Jesus says, here we go. This is the third kind of soil. Jesus said, some seed fell on thorny weeds. Some seed fell on thorny weeds, but the weeds grew up with it and choked the good plants. I kind of know where Jesus is going with this one before he ever explains it in verse 14. Look at Luke 8, 14. He's going to explain uh, verse uh, 7. He says, the seed that fell among the thorny weeds is like those who listen, who hear God's teaching, but they let the worries. Now, I know this is mainly for the second service, but y'all let me practice on y'all, okay? But they let the Of this life, keep them from, and mm, in Jesus' name, amen. That's it right there. That's good preaching right there. Even if I did do it, Jesus did it, really. The third kind of soil where the seed is sowed is infested with weeds. And it, and it represents not the hard heart or the hard mind, It doesn't represent the superficial mind. Those were the first two. This one represents the preoccupied mind, the mind that is thinking about other things. Jesus is teaching us here that often we can't hear God simply because we're distracted by other things. Look what it says. Look at what it says in that verse. The word, the seed, the word, the teaching of Jesus. Look what it says. It says, The seed that fell among the thorny weeds is like those who hear God's word, hear God's teaching. They hear it. It it even gets down in the soil. It even gets some moisture. It even even germinates. It even sprouts and pushes up through the soil a little bit. I mean, it even grows a little bit. But there's so many weeds. Some of you folks got farming backgrounds. You ever, you ever tried to work in a field that's got a pretty decent crop in it, but there's so many weeds you can't get to the fruit? You can't get to the product? Absolutely. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He says the seed sprouts, it grows, but it's choked by the weeds. This is life's many distractions before it can bear fruit. Last week, we talked about being too busy to hear God. This week, Jesus is reminding us that we lose, when we lose our focus on God because we're going in so many directions with our mind that we can't hear his voice. And the reason is that we're preoccupied by the issues of life. And we give these issues priority. Listen, listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus said that we are preoccupied with the, with the, the um, uh, issues of life, worry, riches, pleasure. He says we're preoccupied with that. He says so then we can't be productive. Our life can't be productive. So we ask the question for clarity, why is it that so many people live unproductive lives? Now I want you to hear this. I talk to people in their 20s. I talk to people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, even people in their 60s and 70s who look at me and go, I don't even know why I'm on this. I I don't even know why God made me. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And here's what that tells me. That tells me they're not hearing from God because God wants you to know that. He wants you to know that. The problem is that God and his purpose for our life is not what we're focused on. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I know it goes against the grain. I know it goes against your flesh. I know it does. But here's what I'm asking you to do. And look, I can't do it for you. This church can't do it for you. 
We got classes that go on during the week, classes that go on Wednesday night. We got classes that go on. You can take every class we offer in this church, but even those classes won't do it for you. It's not going to happen till you do it, till you make the decision to take everything else you've got above God and push it down and put him up here at the top. And when you put God as priority in your life, that's what he spent two of the Ten Commandments talking about, not putting anything before him, not worshiping any other idol. He didn't put that there to just put some rules on you. He put that there because he knew if you did that, you'd live a life of joy. He knew if you did that, you'd live a life of freedom. You would live a life not of confusion and doubt, but of understanding and faith. The Ten Commandments are not there to bind you, brothers and sisters. The Ten Commandments are there to set you free. People say, I tell you, I was church. The Bible didn't have all those rules in it, man. Just, I just want to be free. That's like a train saying, I wish I didn't have to just ride on these railroad tracks. I wish I could just go anywhere I wanted to. So, so that train feels like it's bound by the railroad tracks. So it decides one day it's going to get off the tracks. Let me ask you something. Is it bound now? See, the rails of a train are like the word of God. It's like the truth of God. It's like the will of God. As long as you're in the word and in the will of God, you're not bound. You're free. You're free. There's nowhere you can't go on a train. But it's got to stay on those tracks. The minute it says, I want to be free. I'm tired of being bound to these tracks. That's when it gets what? Bound. That's when it gets bound. So stop thinking like that. The problem is that God and his purposes for your life are not what you're focused on. Our minds are preoccupied with other things. Let me tell you what Jesus was saying. Basically what Jesus was saying here was if you spend as much time and energy focusing on God as you do worrying. Man, what if we prayed as much as we worried? I mean, I'd be, I'd be like Moses or be like Paul or somebody. But I worry way more than I pray. I worry way more than I pray. What if we prayed? What if we communicated with God? What if we let him communicate with us? A woman walked in the church this morning, and I'm not going to embarrass her and point her out, but she walked in, she said, I've been reading my Bible this week. And so I talked to her about some paraphrases and other tools that she can bring in that will make the Bible more understanding. Let me tell you about that woman. If she'll keep doing that, she's about to be freer than she's ever been in her life. The Word of God doesn't bind you up. The world will tell you that the Word of God binds you up, but the Word of God doesn't bind you up. The Word of God is liberating. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. People say, uh, all these laws. I wish we didn't have all these laws. Let me tell you something. If you didn't have all these laws, look what happens with all the laws we've got. If we didn't have all these laws, you'd be barricading your house right now, peeping up over the window sill. I, I hate all these laws. I wish I was just free to do whatever I wanted to. Then everybody else would be free to do whatever they wanted to, and your freedom would be gone. Jesus says, if you'll spend as much time and energy focusing on my Father as you spend worrying about the daily issues of life, then you're, you're going to have a lot less to worry about, and your life will bear more fruit. God has a plan and purpose for every one of us but we're not going to hear it and we're not going to hear him if our mind is saturated on other voices. Jesus is calling on us to focus our thoughts on the creator and spend time with him. I saw a little plaque on a pastor's wall one time and I jotted it down. It said, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness, the desert, the dryness the unfruitfulness of a busy life. Don't ever confuse activity with productivity. That's worth, that's worth tweeting right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know a lot of people today who think activity is productivity. Busyness does not necessarily mean progress. 
So what is this message saying to us today? This message today is calling on us to focus our lives by making, listen to me, listen to the words here. Words are powerful. Words mean things. God is calling on us. Jesus is calling on us to focus our lives by making a deliberate effort. Paddle. You remember last week? You've got to, you don't drift toward success. You don't drift toward a strong Christian life. You don't drift toward depth in the scripture. You don't, you've got to go get all those things. Because the current's not going that way, is it? You've got to paddle. You've got to make a deliberate effort, a deliberate, deliberate, let me see if I can get that out, deliberate effort to talk to God and to allow God to talk to you. We do this by intentionally eliminating distractions in our life. Now, let me close with this. Which means what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Welcome, visitors. Um, <laughs> Jesus gives us three things. Guys, if you'll go back to that last verse uh, that we just showed. Jesus gives us three things. Everybody say them with me. Worries, riches, and pleasures. I mean, when Jesus mentions three specific things, you ought to take note of that. Jesus didn't throw out three words that he just thought of. He was very strategic in those three words coming out of his mouth. So Jesus says distractions are like weeds. And he gives us three pictures. So let's look at these three things very quickly. Number one, worries. What is that? Worries. Did you know it's really hard to pray and worry at the same time? I didn't say it was impossible, but it's harder. It's harder to worry Matter of fact, I'll tell you something. If when you're worrying, you will let that be in a little alarm in your mind to start praying about that thing you're worrying about right then, I'm telling you it is harder to worry when you're praying. Worries are simply the problems and pressures of daily life. When Jesus uses the word worries here, that's all he's talking about is the pressures of your life. And some of you sitting here today are under tremendous pressure. Some of you sitting here today can hardly listen. You could hardly hear the choir. You could hardly get anything because you're so worried about a situation in your life. I'm telling you this morning that God is calling you to himself. He's saying, I know it doesn't look like it, but I got it right there if you'll put it in my hand. I got it. I got it. Give it to me. And then the enemy comes and says, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He can't do anything. What's he going to do? And he tries to plant doubt. Don't hear it. Give that thing to God this morning. I don't know what it is. But some of you have hardly been able to pay attention to anything that's going on this morning because you are so occupied with something terrible that's going on in your life. Or maybe it's not so terrible, but the enemy's talked you into. He has taken something like this and made it. That happened to anybody other than me. You ever go to bed at night, wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's, your problem is <clears throat> you finally get back to sleep, sun rises, you wake up, and it's that size in the morning. He plays games with you like that. The Greek word here for worry, listen to this. I thought this was interesting. The Greek word for worry means to be pulled in different directions. You ever felt pulled in different directions? See, when you're worrying, you can't hear what God is saying to you because you're pulled in different directions. You're preoccupied with other things. You're distracted. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, hear God. Hear God speak this morning. Hear God speak. I, I tell you, sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm just preaching what God's given me and preaching what I've studied. i got to tell you something. And then sometimes when I'm preaching, it just, it just is prophetic. And it isn't me, it isn't me, but I'm telling you, I sense that right now. That, that God is speaking directly to something and somebody in this house and you are worried to death about something to the point of sick. And God is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hear his word. Hear his word today. Number two, riches. I want to make real clear 
that riches will distract you from hearing the voice of God. But I also want to make clear that money, possessions, materialism, riches does not have to be a distraction in your life. As a matter of fact, I hope God blesses you big time and it isn't a distraction in your life because we need you to be blessed. Now, wouldn't I be stupid to get up here with a poor, poor mentality and say the poorer you are, the more spiritual you are? When I need to transform that children's ministry over there into a children's wonderland. I really need to do that. And I can't do that without God blessing you. So I want you to be blessed. Hear the word of the Lord. Do y'all receive that? I feel like some of y'all ain't received nothing, but I feel like y'all received that right there. So I'm not up here preaching against riches. But Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 19, 24, that it is hard not to be distracted by riches. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 24, that it is hard for a man who has riches to make it to heaven. I mean, that's pretty distracted right there, isn't it? So I'm warning you, I'm warning you, I'm saying to you that, that riches can, can be a what? A, a weed, a distraction in your life, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Notice the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. The Bible says your attitude toward it is the root of all evil. Y'all read that real carefully? It says the what of money? Love. So it's your attitude toward it. I know really, really, really poor people who have a really, really big problem with riches because it's all they think about. Now, they don't have a pot to cook peas in, but... <laughs> what? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You don't have to be. See y'all, somebody getting blessed. Praise God. So look, they, they don't have anything, but they're obsessed with getting it. Do you know that God will release finances into your life if you'll stop being obsessed with that and be obsessed with him? Then he's going to release it into your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're obsessed with riches, he's never going to release that into your life because he knows you're not going to do the right thing with it. He knows that the people who do the right thing with riches are people who, who are obsessed with him. Mm, that was good right there, and I don't even have that in the notes. Riches, riches, riches. When riches, when riches come into your life that can be distracting. We can be so obsessed with making money or not just making it, but worrying about making it that we don't have time to hear God. Listen to this sentence. We are often so busy making a living for our family, we forget to make a life for our family. And the way we make a life for our family is to make sure God is speaking into our life. God is speaking into our family and that we're able to hear him. Can I say something to you? This all just make you feel good. God wants you to enjoy life. Some of y'all think enjoyment is a sin. Some of y'all think, some of y'all grew up under a teaching that almost gave you the idea that enjoyment was a sin. God wants you to enjoy life, but often we don't enjoy life. We just kind of get up in the morning, go to work, work hard all day to pay the bills to try to catch up, and then we come home, flop in the bed at night, and get up the next morning and do the same thing, and that's all your life is. And God don't want your life like that. You say, well, then he needs to change it. Well, here how, here's how he's going to change it. When you let him speak into it. See, right now, you say, well, I've trusted him as my Savior. I mean, he died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the dead to give me a new life. I've, I've been baptized. Yeah, you, you can have all that and have your little ticket to heaven. But God wants you to enjoy life here. 
He said, I came to give life and that more. That wasn't heaven. That was here. Y'all have heard me tell this little story before about the guy that bought the ticket to get on the ship to sail across to another country. And so he packed him a little bag of crackers and it was a two-week cruise to get over there to the other country. And this was way back in the 20s. And he was on that boat and he sat outside the window and peeped in the window and ate his little crackers and he watched these people at the banquet tables just eating and the people bringing food and they want more food they just bring them more food. And he just ate his crackers and he ran out of crackers about three days early so he went last three days without one thing to eat. And then when he got off the boat, he said to the guy beside him, he said, man, I sure am glad we're here. I'm starving. The man said, why are you starving? He said, because, you know, I, I just got a ticket to come over here. He said, hey, dude. Probably didn't say dude, but he, he said, hey, the ticket included the meals. The ticket included the meals. And some of you are on a voyage, and you're not understanding that when you gave your heart to Jesus, and you got on this journey to heaven, it includes blessings now. It includes blessings now in your life that some of you haven't reached out there and claimed. Now, I'm not preaching name it, claim it, frame it, preaching. I'm not preaching that. My wife used to sing a song when I was an evangelist. We travel all over the country. She'd sing a song, Reach Out and Claim It, Child. I don't remember what that song was, but she sang it one time, and I reached out and claimed her. Amen. <laughs> Glory. And so... It ministered to me. And so some of you, some of you need to understand that. You, think, you know what you think? Some of you think that, that being a Christian is bad medicine you got to take till you get to heaven. Some of you think being a Christian is bitter, bitter medicine you have to take just to get to heaven. Oh, what a messed up mindset. May God break that in you today. May God break that in your life today. I don't know what you were taught or where it got taught to you, but let that be broken in you today in Jesus' name. You've got a ticket that's got all the meals included. Amen. Man, that's good preaching right there. But he's not through yet. He says you've got to quit worrying and you've got to quit focusing on riches. And then he says, no more pleasure. You say, wow, that sure is in contradistinction to what you just said. Pleasures can distract you from hearing God. Now listen, the riches, like riches, there's nothing wrong with pleasure. Let me get back into this whole thing. Why do you think God gave you the, the ability to enjoy pleasure if you weren't supposed to enjoy pleasure? God's the one who gave you the ability to enjoy. He gave you the desire to enjoy. Fun and pleasure is God's idea. I'm going to make you say it with me. Everybody say it with me. Fun and pleasure is God's idea. So quit walking around like somebody baptized you in vinegar. The worst advertisement for the church is a sour you. The greatest advertisement for the bridge is a joyful you. That's the greatest advertisement. We can buy all kind of ads in the paper and radio and television, billboards, spend hundreds of dollars. If everybody in here just be joyful out there, you'll, be, you'll pack the house every time we have a worship service. You're the best advertisement when you're full of joy. It was God who gave you the senses and abilities to enjoy pleasure. So what is Jesus talking about here? Here's what he's saying. He's saying riches and pleasure can easily, listen, listen, become your focus. Money and pleasure, here's God, money and pleasure can get here in your life. And when that happens, that's messed up. You've got to make sure that God's here. It's not going to take this away from you. This is fun and pleasure. Don't it look like fun and pleasure? So, if God is here, then fun and pleasure is an awesome thing. But when fun and pleasure, and we know this is going to happen. We see it happen all the time. 
If I can get a house at the beach, and there ain't nothing wrong with houses at the beach, I will use yours anytime you ask me and make it available to me. There's nothing wrong with it, but when that becomes, and God goes, that's why we have Thursday night. Because we didn't want y'all to feel guilty during the summer. I mean, there aren't many churches doing that for their folks. That's pretty good right there. Riches and pleasure, they can become your focus and the object of your worship. You wouldn't say that, but they do. They become the object of your worship and you forget about God. When riches and creation replace your worship of God, then you're not going to hear God speak. Summertime's here, summertime's here. Some, 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 summertime. So a lot of people are thinking, I won't go to the church this week. I won't go to the church this weekend. I'm going to cut that Bible study out. I'm going to quit going to my small group. I'm on vacation. I won't, not, I'm not going to have my normal quiet time. You know, summer's here. It's okay to take a vacation from work, but can I ask you something? Are you going to take a vacation from God too? Your vacations will be much more enjoyable if you'll bring God with you. I'm all for vacations. Mm-hmm. Worst vacation I ever went on was wonderful. <laughs> Jesus is saying here you can be so busy having fun that it becomes the top priority in your life. And when that happens, guess who's going to get crowded out? God. God's going to get crowded out. So there are many weeds, wrong relationships, responsibilities, recreation. Anything can be a weed in your life. Here's what a weed is. Not weed. Can I tell you how to know that your church is really reaching out? It's when you walk in on Sunday morning, you get a little whiff of weed. You know, you know that your church is reaching out. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you were on some reefer this morning, we're glad you're here. <laughs> this is where you need to be. So look around, and the joyful person beside you might not even be saved. <laughs> See who's hanging out at the snack place right after service this morning. Welcome to the bridge. <laughs> but a weed is anything that distracts you from making time with God, having time with God. Anything that prevents you from sitting down quietly and praying and saying, God, is there anything you want to say to me today? You ought to say that to God every day. God, is there anything you want to say to me today? Some days God speaks. Some days God don't. Some days the only way God speaks to you is ink on paper called the Holy Bible. So if you're going to get up every morning expecting, you know, on your back, that'll be on a video. <laughs> I mean, you're going to feel, you know, you're going to feel the breath of angels and the wind of their wings every day. And oh, it isn't like that every day, is it? I mean, there's some days I feel God and hear God. And then there's some days I, I walk by faith. I walk by what he said in his word. I walk by what he said to me last week because God's word don't ever change. God's word is always true. And sometimes you feel him and sometimes you don't. Sometimes there's emotion and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes you hear him speak and sometimes he is quiet. But I've got to stay connected so that when he does speak, I can hear him. All right, let me close. Let me close. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? None. So then, my yard is a weed farm. How about yours? Now, if you want weeds, you don't have to do anything, but if you want beautiful grass, you've got to nurture it and baby it and water it and fertilize it. What's the difference between a plant and a weed? A flower is something you cultivate. A flower is something you fertilize. A flower is something you trim. A flower needs water. Sometimes it still doesn't grow. Well, weed doesn't need anything. It'll grow. That's the difference, and Jesus knew it. Jesus knew that was the difference in a weed and a flower. Weeds are a sign 
of neglect. Jesus said weeds will choke out the fruit and weeds come because of neglect. Weeds come not because you did something. Weeds come because you did nothing. Bottom line of this message is when I start neglecting time with God, when I start neglecting my small group, when I start neglecting getting together with other Christians in worship, when I start neglecting uh, the Bible study and any of those things, then weeds come in my life. Weeds are going to immediately begin to grow up in my life. And Jesus said they're going to choke out the spiritual life, Pharaoh Hardison, in your life. And all of a sudden I look around and I've lost my joy and I've lost my peace and I've lost my purpose. I've lost my sense of calmness. I've lost my ability to handle stress. The weeds will choke out the spiritual life from your life. Nehemiah was up on a wall, building a wall. And Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem came to him and said, come down from the wall. Come down from the wall and let us go into the village of Ono, and let us talk about what you're doing. See, the enemy had sent them. And I love Nehemiah's response in Nehemiah 6.3. Here's what Nehemiah said to them. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Listen, listen, listen. The enemy's calling you down. Come down, come down. He's distracting you. Come down here, let's talk. Come down here, let's talk. I love this little story. I love one old preacher was preaching on it. He said, he said, when they told Nehemiah, let's come down and go into oh no, he said, Nehemiah said no, no to oh no. Amen. And you got to say no, no, no. No, when the enemy calls you as a child of God down, look at him and say, I will not come down. I will not come down. I'm doing a great work and I will not come down. What did the thief say to Jesus? If you're really the son of God, what? Come down. Don't come down. That's what I'm preaching on today. Don't come down. Don't come down. Don't be distracted by the enemy. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for these good people who have heard your word. We're going to come to the altar, Lord. There are going to be people who come to the altar. Our prayer team is coming to the altar. They're ready to pray for anybody who needs prayer this morning. We dedicate this day. We dedicate this week. We dedicate this month, this year, our lives to you. Your will be done in us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.